Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and we are here. Another happy Friday. Man, what a week it has been. Um, I've had a great week. I, I'm sure you have too. I ask you that every week, but, but I really mean it this time. Like, did you have a good week? Did you get the things accomplished you wanted to? And maybe even more importantly, did you get the time to spend the time, to hang out, to have your time with your family, to have time for yourself? Did you, or did you work 80 hours? Did you work double time because you're in business for yourself? My guest this week is going to help us to unravel that sort of mystery and figure out how to have more vacation time, more free time, and ultimately how to get your business to work for you so you can live the life you want. My guest is Denise Gosnell, a serial entrepreneur, business strategist, productivity hacker. She's also an attorney, an author, uh, a real estate investor. She owns three companies. So she seems like you might think she's working her little tail off. And to an extent she is. She has a law firm, a real estate company, a coaching training company. And the company we're going to talk about today is The Vacation Effect. How cool is that? She helps busy entrepreneurs like me and you to learn how to use some unconventional scheduling and growth strategies to grow business and work up to, catch this, 40% less. So I am all ears and I'm ready to find out how the heck to do this. Denise, are you there? And welcome to the show. I am. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hey. Like, I can't tell you, I'm not uh, overstretching how excited I am to be chatting about this with you. I have been trying real hard to get my schedule uh, dialed in, and I feel like I've done good at that. But at the same time, I'm always feeling like I'm still behind the eight ball. Um, have you always, well, let me, let me ask you this as we start. How long ago did you sort of get this little piece figured out? And we'll get to some backstory in a minute, but is this something you've been doing ever since? Or is this something that you have recently kind of figured the keys to the kingdom, so to speak out? Yeah, it's actually a recent discovery. I, the, I figured this part of it out three or four years ago after being a workaholic for my entire life and wishing that there was a way to have both free time and business growth and always feeling like it was an either or trade-off, which I'm sure you can relate to and your listeners can relate to. How long ago did you sort of, was it a gradual effect that you started like little by little implementing or was it a, a you know, come to God moment of like, <laughs> I am done and not another minute, not another day? It was a kind of a combination of a come to God, like literally a lightning bolt that hit my house. <laughs> so I what? had, you know, slap, slap over the face, so to speak. Um, yeah. Eight years ago, I had a lightning bolt hit my house and we were struck by lightning. So we caught my, my house caught fire 
And, you know, what was interesting, Matt, was we didn't know we were on fire. So the fireman knocks on our door. And as I open the front door, the fireman's like, what do you want us to retrieve in the next five minutes before your house is destroyed by fire and water? And it hit me like a ton of bricks because at that moment I was, you know, working 80 hours a week to, you know, run my companies. And when they, how I answered that question was it it shocked me. I, I basically told them to retrieve all sentimental things that represented the people in my life that really matter, not all the stuff that was burning. So there I was working 80 hours a week. I was the unhappy millionaire, as I like to say, working 80 hours a week to pay for a bunch of stuff that I didn't even care about when it was burning. Wow. So no, It's so, first off, sorry, like that's terrible. And at the same time, I know you're already, you're the kind of person who already spins and finds a positive in that. Um, That was the moment then. So when you're like, wait a second, if I don't care about my laptop, I don't care about the fancy art or whatever, and my flat screen TV, I care about the photos and the, the sentimental pieces. Was it like that Monday, you were like, let's change everything? Yeah. So I, I like to, <laughs> I'd like to say that like my life, I magically figured it out after that, but it took, so what happened after that was I stopped doing work. I hated, and I spent more time with my family, but my revenue suffered. I'm like, well, shit, this didn't solve the problem. Like I'm no longer willing to compromise on not spending time. You know, I like, I was no longer willing to um, be uh, absent to my family and my friends and myself. So that was a non-negotiable, but I'm like, I'm not going to give up on this dream of having plenty of free time and still growing my business. So that's what I kept tinkering with. Does that make sense? Like I immediately started spending more time with my friends and family, but my revenue suffered. <laughs> so I'm like, well, shit, I still like to make a good living. So how do I, how do I figure out both? So I actually went to fast forward, like three or four years after the fire, I still was, I was just trying all kinds of different strategies, trying to figure out that missing piece, just testing everything I could think of. And finally, I went to this meditation retreat. You always hear people talk about, you know, how meditation is, you know, so important. So I'm like, well, I'm going to try to figure this out. Maybe this will help me. I didn't really know. Go to this retreat and I asked, how can I have a schedule I've always dreamed of, dreamed of without my um, revenue um, suffering? And see, I get choked up talking about this because I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, And so I go to that meditation retreat with that question. And the answer I got, it was like God whispering it into my ear. He's like, all you have to do is decide and make today what you want tomorrow to be. So, and and I'm like, well, great, but what does that mean? So I gave myself permission to try the schedule that I had always wanted. And that was a Tuesday, Thursday schedule where I work just three days a week in my companies. And I just gave myself permission to do a 30 day experiment with that. And you know, it was interesting, Matt, what happened at first was it sucked. Like I was like, I realized how inefficient I was being and how I had meetings scattered, scattered all over the place. And I wasn't being effective with how I was spending my time, but I stuck with the experiment. And after 30 days, I started realizing, oh my gosh, I'm getting more done than I, in half the time as what I used to. It's like when you get ready to go on vacation, this is where my company name comes from. You know, have you ever noticed how you get like a month's worth of work done in the two days before you leave? Yep. Every time. Cause I never, I never pack. I never do the stuff around the house, but yeah, it's the two days, even the one day and the one hour, right? It's like the closer it comes to leaving for the airport, mm-hmm. the more efficient, productive, and like on fire I become. I always figured that was just me procrastinating, taking on adrenaline. And I feel like it's something I had to change, but I love your take that it's like, rather than trying to change this behavior, let's lean into it. Is that fair to say? Exactly. So I call now I call that the magic of forced hyper-efficiency. It's forced hyper-efficiency. It's where you are, because what's happening there in that vacation scenario is that you're forcing yourself to focus on being hyper-efficient. You're forcing yourself to focus on the things that really matter 
because you know your time is limited and it's, it's now or never, it's not going to happen until you get back from vacation, right? So what if we could leverage the magic of forced hyper efficiency every single week of our life? And that's what was happening with my, and what continues to happen with my three day per week schedule. Am I busy on my Monday, Wednesdays, my Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays? Heck yes. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like really intensely busy, but I love it because then I carve out the Tuesdays and Thursdays for myself to do whatever makes me happy. I mean, imagine waking up a couple day, couple business days per week and just saying, what do I want to do today that makes me happy? I, I'm uh, I'm completely ready. So let's can we get into some nitty gritty? I was going to go into more story, but I feel like you you're you're just this wealth of information, and you have three businesses you run. So are you ready for some nitty gritty? Absolutely. Let's do yeah. It. Let, let's do that. Okay. So I do something similar now, but I feel like there's a lot of nuance, and I've been preaching this for a good a good while. And I watch clients of my own and listeners and different people um, who try. You know, they they get the scheduler right. So already you cut out emailing back and forth and having six emails just to get a call with someone and that sort of thing, right? So obviously, I'm assuming that you're going to use lots of automated, lots of software. Would that be fair to say? And do you want to share a little bit of that just kind of as a base foundation, technically speaking? Definitely. Yeah. So I'd like to say that it just magically forced forced hyper efficiency is the magic ingredient that makes it all happen. And it's kind of like the catalyst that helps it all happen. But there are actually nine, uh, I call them growth and happiness multipliers that all have to work together in tandem uh, in order to make a like a three day a week schedule uh, work long term. At least that's what I had to do. And that's what the clients that I've worked with, like you can you can get a long ways on just even implementing half of these. But you're exactly right, Matt. You know, part of it is you have to become better at delegating. If you're not going to be there all the time yourself, stuff still has to get done. Right. And if you're a business owner, so you have to have team members to delegate to. Um, so delegation is one, you know, uh, standard operating procedures are critical. You have to be really good at systems and automation and um, time hacking. And I can give a couple time, my favorite time hacking tips if you'd like. Um, you know, forced hyper efficiency is one of those. Um, revenue and expense optimization. You always got to be watching the numbers and tracking your KPIs. So it's like there's different, those nine things that happen in tandem with each other that when you overlay forced hyper efficiency and you put those other things into place, you really can be a business owner who's only in the company, you know, three, four days a week, whatever your goal is, and let the team step up and let the systems and everything else take care of it without you being there. It's also a great strategy if you ever plan to exit the company to, you know, start by, you know, leveraging these opportunities. Yeah, I was going to say, that's exactly what it starts sounding like is... Um, you know, whether you're going to move into more of a chairman type role eventually, or you're looking to sell a business, um, everything there, like that's what people are going to want to have. And that's what's going to make it more valuable. But here's what comes up for me right away. There's, you know, in the entrepreneur world, there's everyone from, you know, the small business owner with hundreds of employees to the solopreneur, the startup. And, And we obviously, as you might imagine, we have a lot of startup, a lot of solopreneur people listening. The first thing I got was this feeling of overwhelm. And I'm being honest. Now, I know it doesn't have to be, right? Um, when you talk about these different uh, kind of needle movers, right? Those nine different needle movers. Is it, a, is it the sort of situation where if you can get one of those, it's going to move the needle a bit. It's going to help you. It's going to be better. Or do you have to have all of them in place? Because I got that feeling of, oh, man, it all makes sense. We need to have standard operating procedures. I need to look at the numbers. I need to do this. I need to do that. And then I feel myself going, you know what? That's a lot to do. And I'm already too busy. And I don't have the time. Can you speak to a little bit of the overwhelm process of how do you begin making those mental and logistical changes? Yeah, that's a great question because 
it is something that you do not have to do all of them at once to, to have huge results. Like for me, it's taken me over the last, you know, three, four years to implement all nine of those. Yet I still have had that three day per week schedule the entire time since I, once I figured out the forced hyper efficiency piece, that was enough for me to run with it and then start tweaking it. Cause the forced hyper efficiency just being deciding that you're going to limit the amount of time you're willing to work so that you force yourself to focus on what really matters. Like you do when you're about to go on vacation. Like that's step one is deciding you're going to, you're willing to limit, put, you know, put a limit on that. For some people, maybe you can't do three days per week, like what I'm doing. You know, I, I had a lot, you know, the life-changing house fire that motivated me to be willing to take that leap. Maybe you only go down to four days per week. Maybe you're working seven already and you go to five, like start somewhere with limiting, you know, putting a, a restraint on reducing the number of hours you're willing to work. It's like Parkinson's law, right? You, the time that it takes to complete a project feels to expand the time that you allocate for that project. I mean, we've all That's experienced right. that. If you give, a, give it a month, you'll, it'll take you a month. If you give yourself a day, you'll magically figure out how to get it done in a day. It's that same idea. So that's part one. The second, if I had to like prioritize them, the second and third would be proper goal setting and then time hacking. And I can give a couple quick examples if that's okay. Okay, perfect. So we're talking of all the different pieces. There's a lot of there are a lot of them important, but if you can start with the forced hyper efficiency and start with that. So start systemizing something is what I'm hearing. Start maybe uh, are you a fan of like batching? So like that's one of the things I do. So my days off are Monday and Thursday. I got to be honest. I don't always take a full Monday and Thursday off. I try to spend time with my son. I spend time mm -hmm. with the family. I do things around the house. I go you know make a trip or whatever. Not. Yeah, that's all good. But I still find myself sometimes my my Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, Tuesday, Friday, coaching days, call days, I usually start getting back to back appointments and it gets full. I cut it off at a certain point, but it gets full. Wednesdays, recording days. And you know, we're actually on a Wednesday recording this right now. But what happens is it gets so full that eventually I don't have time on those days for other non-scheduled uh, business things and it starts to bleed over. So before we get to that, can we, can you speak to how do you stop the bleed over? Is that a problem for you? Do you just draw a line in the sand? Um, is it okay to say, you know, even though I take Monday off, I'm going to take two hours this Monday as I'm getting used to it to handle business stuff, but then I got to cut it off. How do you kind of draw that line in the sand or do you? Yeah, I do actually. And that's a really great clarification question. I'm glad you're asking because what I had to do in order to make that my Tuesday, Thursday schedule sustainable long-term was I had to allow for a two-hour emergency buffer on Tuesday and Thursday. Now, but let me give us some parameters quickly around that. So that two-hour emergency buffer is something that I don't schedule. I don't ever schedule meetings during that two-hour emergency buffer unless something truly comes up that, you know, it's really an emergency that can't wait until the next day. And so I'm not ever giving anybody that option to schedule for that time, but I'm keeping it on my own calendar in case a client emergency comes up or a business emergency that I absolutely have to handle. And then I've got a spot to put it. And if I end up taking that time, I'll give it back to myself on another day. But I only have that happen like once a month, Matt, where I actually need to take it. But I, I always know in the back of my mind, I've got it in case I need it. So I love that you, that you that give it sense. back to yourself. Yeah, it's, it's almost like how you would do budgeting with finance, where yeah. if you need to borrow money from an emergency fund, you pay it back to yourself. It's not like you just use it because emergencies keep coming up. You mm -hmm. got to have that, that discipline and that diligence. I love that so much. So we start getting this set up. We start batching things. We start committing to less days to schedule whatever we need to schedule for business. Um, you talked about some some time hacks, so I would love to to get into that. 
Um, what are a couple things maybe we can implement pretty quickly? What are some time hacks for our days and our weeks? Yeah, the, my two favorite time hacks that totally tra- transform my life and they're my go-tos are the first one is, and it sounds simple and some people might use it, but they might not use it effectively or consistently, is using a timer. And ideally, I recommend that it not be your iPhone timer. And I've got a little technique for how I actually make this work really well. So like ideally a battery operated timer that like an egg timer or whatever, not your phone, because if it's your phone and you're looking at the timer and a text message comes in, you get distracted and which is kind of defeats the whole point of what I'm going to tell you. So like, so, like the, the one my mom used in the kitchen for timeouts in the eighties. Exactly. So one of okay. those timers or just something other than your phone where you're not seeing messages. Um, but so here's what I do. This is like a little hack. I call it hacking the hack. I love hacking the hack on, you know, whatever I'm always trying to do. So like, let's say I think the task is going to take me 30 minutes to complete map what I'll do is I'll set the timer for 15 minutes. And so I'm watching this timer, you know, tick down and it's, you know, 15 minutes. Now at the 15 minute mark, I'm not usually done with it. But what's interesting is I don't reset it when it buzzes at 15. Remember it was a 30 minute, I estimated it was going to take 30 minutes. So I set it for half that time. So at the 15 minute mark, I don't reset it for the second 15 minutes. I'll set it for five. So in nine times out of 10, guess what? I'm done in 20 minutes. I'll set it for 15 and then five more and I'm done in 20 minutes. What have I just done? I've taken a 30 minute task and I've gotten it done in 20, even though at the beginning I was sure it was going to take 30. Isn't that interesting? That, that is a, uh, a forced hyper-efficiency within forced hyper-efficiency, right? The hack exactly. of the hack. Exactly. <laughs> what a great yeah. idea. So you yeah. got a 30 minute task, just to reiterate, you set a timer for 15 half the time. And then when it goes off, you know, you're not going to be there, but it's like, you're already cramming your, your time. You're getting your energy hyper-focused. And then the last five minutes, does it, I love doing something like that. It always feels like uh, a game, you know, it's like, it I'm, trying to, I'm trying to game myself. I do that with when I'm driving, you know, it's like how many miles can I do? Not in how much time, cause it's not about speed, but it's like efficiency and how long, if I do a long road trip, can I go in between uh, filling up and, you know, just little things like that kind of make the time go faster and it makes it more fun. Absolutely. And sometimes I'll just stand up and do a little dance when I like, if I got one done at the first 15 minute timer, like I like to do a little dance, like, I'm rocking now, you know, because it's like, how often does that happen? It's like, you, you literally just took something and cut it in half because you were having fun with it and you forced yourself to focus. So yeah, it's always good to make it a game and have fun with it. Very so that's, good. That's one of my favorite. And do, I, do we have time for me to share my other favorite? That's my go-to. Oh, let's bring it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Hack number yeah. two. Exactly. So hack number two is, you know, everybody has their own method, whether they do it in a journal or on the computer or whatever, but they probably do like a brain dump. You know, we, most of us do some kind of brain dump of, I got to make sure I get these things done today. Well, the, the hack that I like to apply to that is after the brain dump is done in whatever form it may be, take a look at the list and identify the two or three out of, let's say, 15, which most of us probably write down on any given day, just as a, you know, or have it in some system. Take a look and say, what are the two or three on this list that if I do, that they actually will be the 20% of the effort, they'll, they'll take the least amount of effort, but they'll produce the biggest result. So it's the whole Pareto analysis, but on the part that's in your favor, right? The, the part, the 20% of the effort that's going to produce 80% of results. And so that's what I, in the morning, that's what I'm always looking for when I start my day is, of this list of 15, what two or three things are going to get me 80% of the way there, but they're only going to take 20% of my efforts. And guess what? If I do those first, I have already had a successful day, no matter whether I even get to those other 12. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, do it. So do the big ones first. Can you then speak to the, the, cause I'm all, I'm always kind of the, the, that devil's advocate piece. And when I do that, so I love doing exactly what you said. It's what a great hack. Um, look at your big to-do list. You start categorizing, you start going, okay, what's important, what's bigger, what's getting the result. Can you speak to the difference between an important task and an urgent task? Meaning I can look at this and go, this is important. This is an 80, 20 deal, right? I want to do this one but there's something else that's maybe a small task, but I know there's some urgency. Maybe it's external urgency. Somebody's, you know, Hey, I need this by tonight or by tomorrow morning. How do you approach importance versus urgency when it comes to that? Yeah. So in that example, I would still do the 20% first, and then I would get to the one that was urgent and still needed done today. Um, So, but to me, the, the one that's going to take 20% of the effort, but it's going to produce 80% of the results, you have, in, in order to make a reduced way of life sustainable and effective, you have got to learn to just always be looking for the levers, the little, the little levers that swing big doors, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying ignore that critical task. But if you can get those big ones knocked out, they're only going to take 20% of your time. Like you're going to have them done by lunchtime. And you can already be 80% of the day on the, uh, the results that you're looking for. Well, guess what? You've got after lunch to take care of that critical activity. And it might solve itself by the time you get there is what happens in like seven out of 10 times. <laughs> so very, very good. Uh, so as we are, if you're, uh, if you're listening on demand, you know who I'm talking to. But if you are just joining us on the show, I'm sitting here talking with Denise Gosnell, the founder of The Vacation Effect. And she has some unbelievably incredible hacks for productivity, for time, and what she calls uh, forced hyper-efficiency. How to use that concept of when you're ready for vacation, getting more done in the two days before than you got done in the whole week, and to use that to free up your time and free up your week. Uh, Denise, you have uh, something also. Can you speak to, uh, you want to give something out to everybody? I know you have uh, the Vacation Effect book, uh, and you can find more information at at vacationeffect.com vacationeffect.com. Um, you have all of this and more in your book. Can you give us a quick, you have a book summary and I know it's really valuable to get that summary and you're giving that away for free at Vacation Effect. Could you speak about the summary a bit and then what the best way to continue and follow up with you is? Yeah. So like you said at vacationeffect.com, that's vacation effect with an E, E-F-F-E-C-T.com. They can download the, the book summary. It's a 30 page summary it's like the, you know, the Cliff Notes version or, you know, that the really great summary, I call it a rocket summary of all the principles covered in my book that's coming out later this year. So everybody's getting a sneak peek of what's in editorial right now. And we're working on having it published later this year. But honestly, it's, it's a great summary of everything we've been talking about, including all nine of those growth and happiness multipliers that I was talking about. But it starts off telling my story of how I stumbled onto all of this and then walks through like everything I did to make this happen in my own life and what I've also proven with my coaching clients as well, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't the anomaly that it could work for other people. So you can get all that and so much more in the the Vacation Effect book summary that I highly recommend your Driven Entrepreneurs check out. And as part of that, it will also give more details about the ways I work with clients and anybody that my message really resonates with, love to, to chat with you in more detail to see if it's a good fit for us to work together. Because I'm all about helping entrepreneurs have both the freedom and business growth that they deserve without having to pick one over the other. 
I want nothing more than that. I'm in. So you can also follow Denise at Denise Gosnell page at Facebook and Vacation Effect at Facebook. So pretty simple to go to. And if you head over to where we get this show on demand on any podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, you can also, of course, in the show notes, we'll have everything there for the Vacation Effect, vacationeffect.com, Denise Gosnell. Um, Last couple of questions as we sort of wind down our time together. When you were growing up, and usually I start with some of this, but I want to end with this. When you were growing up, did you, what were your parents like? What were the influences with time? Specifically, were mom, dad, whomever was an influence in your life, were they on time? Were they constantly running late and trying to cram more things in and having chaos? Or did they have the structured life? What did you see as a young little human? And did you adopt that same thing in your life or did you run away from it? Yeah, so I adopted that grind, grind, grind mentality like my dad always had. He was a hard-ass worker who, you know, and I admire that about him, but I also didn't realize that, you know, he was, he. my mom, you know, I had four brothers, so there's five of us. My mom was home caring for us while dad was always working. I didn't see him very much because he was working all the time. And in hindsight, I followed in his footsteps and became a workaholic for over 20 years and didn't realize that, you know, you, it didn't have to be that way. That's the culture that a lot, a lot of us have been raised in. I mean, the American business culture is like that. It's grind, grind, grind. It's like we're made to feel guilty if we somehow figure out how to get more done in, in less time, even though it makes no logical sense. If I can get as much done in 25 hours a week or 30 as I used to in 60, is there anything to feel guilty about? Of course not, but we do because our culture makes us feel that way. So I'm here to challenge the status quo and say, if you can figure out how to get results in half the time, you have no reason to feel guilty. What do you think your dad believed? Like if he had a a belief, limiting or otherwise, about work, about life, if you had to guess, your dad, and maybe people like your dad, right? People that are acting that same way, people like me for so many years and you as well. What do you think we believe about work that maybe is limiting that we should challenge? You have to work hard to earn good money was what I used to hear him say. And and what does hard work mean? Like a a lot of hours, like you got to work hard. You got to work hard all that. You got to work a lot of hours. You got to work hard to get anywhere. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Work hard all the time. Like that's part of what we hear in our, in our culture. And all of a sudden lazy uh, efficiency is deemed as lazy. You know, I remember real quick, my, my wife, she talked about one of her early jobs kind of in doing administration work. They gave her all the work to do and she had her whole task list. She did everything. It was done, you know, by noon. So she'd sit and like read a book or something, but the boss would always be so like mad, like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, well, I've done everything that you've asked me to do. And I've, I I completed it a lot faster than other people was the concept I'm trying to get to. Mm -hmm. But they were always like, no, that's lazy. Like you should be doing something else. She's like, okay, what? (laughs) Right. But they looked at being rewarded for, oh my gosh, great job. Let's figure out how to best leverage your skills. Yeah, this is so great. I'd much rather have someone be efficient than uh, than draw it out and do that. So Denise, uh, final question. If you look back at the way that you started business, well, two final questions. You have three companies. Do you ever see yourself either starting a fourth or fifth? Do you want to expand this using vacation effect principles? Or is it something that you want to begin exiting out and I'm not putting you on the spot, you know, if you're going to sell your real estate company or something, but is it something that you'd like to look at maybe in the future, exiting out and simplifying even more, go down to two days and maybe one day a week? Or do you want to start leveraging and build an empire? <laughs> What's your general train of thought? 
You know, I'm an explorer and a tinkerer, so I'll always be starting new things, like whatever interests me at the time. That's why, you know, I have three companies to begin with. But like, I look at my consulting company, which is the division of the vacation effect as my tinker place. So, you know, I I always want to help entrepreneurs have better quality of life, but maybe I'll do it more or less in the future as other ideas, um, you know, come to mind that I want to birth and, and grow. So, you know, it's one of those, I, I see myself doing all three of the current companies in some way. I just may shift the amount of time I spend on them. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And final question, I'll let you go. 10 seconds. If you could change anything from the way you started your businesses and the way you used to work, anything in your life, would you change it or would you leave it all the same? Hmm. You know, that's a really good question. You know, I, I've, uh, cause I, like you said, I always learn from everything where it becomes the best thing that ever, ever happened to me, even if it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. So I think I'd leave it. I think I would leave it the same. Very good. Well, D- Denise, thank you so much for coming on the show. I sure appreciate you and uh, great to get to know you better. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank I really appreciated you, you having me on the show today. Thanks, Matt. Hey guys, that's the show for this week, man. Denise Gosnell. What, so huge, huge thank you to my guest, Denise Gosnell. You can find out more and follow her at Vacation Effect on Facebook, Denise Gosnell page on Facebook, and go to vacationeffect.com. That's E-F-F-E-C-T. So effect, like the noun, I suppose, or if I'm, if I'm saying that right, vacationeffect.com. And get the book summary. It's a 30-page summary of her book, The Vacation Effect. And you can find out the nine principles and exactly how to implement them start with one and really start changing the culture of how you approach business and how you approach life. That's it for me. Get out there this weekend. Stay driven. I think that's our new catchphrase. I'm just going to stick with it for now. Hey, stay driven, uh, but be driven efficiently. Stay driven to enjoy life. Stay driven to be free. And I'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya.